Welcome, welcome, welcome to, is it session three or session two in series four of Global Women's Voice? And I'm a little bit wonky today because I am in a yeah. big gold mining town in Western Australia, which I can't show you because it's very, very hot, but I'm in their boardroom for this broadcast. But I really, we won't be showing slides because I'm actually using my dongle and it's not as secure as it, uh, not as stable as it could be today for some reason. So Regina is once again being our backstop and is our host. So um, it'll rely a little bit more on Regina and Dr. Hilda. So Dr. Hilda today is joining us from LA and, and Dr. Hilda will um, give some background of herself. And I love what you have done to your background today, Hilda. That's so beautiful. Very seasonal, very happy, very holiday. -y. And Kim, look at your background. It's very gorgeous. Bubbles coming down like a stream of water. Gorgeous, yes. And Regina, welcome. Well, Regina's from New Zealand. Hello. Um, why don't we, because we have such a small group, why don't we um, introduce each other, ourselves, and then we'll go into the topic of preparing ourselves for holidays, which I've made some little notes on to share. So Dr. Hilda, would you like to introduce yourself? What do you do? Where are you? Uh, maybe give a little bit of an insight as to you know, what we're talking about today, and then we'll move to Regina. Of course, of course. Just happy to be here one more time for a global women's event. And um, I'm talking to you from Los Angeles, California, and I am a medical doctor and I do consulting uh, exclusively for people in the areas of um, hormones and metabolic balance, everything related with nutrition, weight loss, staying as vibrant as, as biology allows us to. <laughs> and um, I love the holidays. So I'm excited about today's conversation as it relates to the holidays and us keeping our, our mind uh, clear like I had to I made myself some notes like I was writing like a little outline because it made me think because I've been going through a lot of changes personally had had a significant amount of losses this year and and is is kind of like helping me today as we're having this conversation also be a time of reflection of um what do I want to do coming up with the holidays, not just for myself, but for my business and my family and all the different areas that I wrote in here. So I'll share more about it as the conversation continues. Thank you very, very, very much. Regina, do you want to give us a bit of an overview of yourself, where you are now, where you live? Sure. Hi, I'm Regina. I am an American expat in New Zealand. Um, I originally moved here in 2009 and have been here for a total of, I think, seven or eight years. And I, I'm calling myself a living lighter facilitator. And really, that's about it's an invitation to um, live and live a different life than or be, be different than what you what you thought was right, what you thought was normal, which is actually really fitting because what is what is normal these days uh, part of what I do is I'm a wellness practitioner um, and I also work with wellness businesses to help get their, their content in the digital space. Um, this is a really fitting 
um, topic tonight in so many ways, and I can't wait to get into it, um, just because I haven't had a normal Christmas for probably at least a decade, to be honest, so I can't wait to, to talk about this. Um, yeah, things are changing. Normal is different, and I'm wondering, is normal the same for you, or is it different this time around, too, with everything that's gone on this year? Yeah, I think, why don't, why don't you, do you want to say anything at this point? Are you quite happy to? Yeah. Oh, to keep on going? Yeah, I can keep on going. For, for Kim, if Kim, well, Kim, if Kim might want to say something. I'm not yeah. sure. But I, yeah. But okay. I also love the point that you just said then, Regina, about, you know, what is normal now? It's like, really good question. Mm. Yeah. Kim? Would you like to yeah. say anything at this point, Kim? I think our audio, your audio is not working. I can't hear you. Can you unmute her? Is she's unmuted? I think. Ah. Mm, she she is unmuted. Okay. Yeah. And Diane and Rosemary. We'll come back. Um, are not visible, so we won't ask them. I know Rosemary. It's very very early in the morning. She's just realized something, obviously. <laughs> um, I think also I want to give a bit of, you know, where I am and where what I'm up to now because when I think of preparing for my holidays this year, it has been a really, really different year, but I'm also at a, in a really new phase because this year I became a grandmother. I have another daughter that's going to have another, that's going to have a baby. So, you know, this Christmas and holidays is really, it's been a really interesting time for me to be able to sit back a little bit and absorb, observe, you know, my position now in the family, because it's quite mm. different. And how that now is going to affect my activities, but also my contribution. And um, not, only, not only that on the physical level, but the metaphysical level, of being able to still stand my ground, which I want to talk about a little bit today, and be as being a grandmother and a mother, and like always being the matriarch of the family, and so it's a bit, it's a really interesting phase that I'm in personally in our family, and then also I'm taking my business to another level. So it's it's um, it'll be a very interesting conversation. I have no doubt about that this morning. So. Hilda, you have a list of things. Like I made a list also. It's like lots of scribbles on the plane this morning that I'd sort of started last night. But can you can you start it off with because you, you know, we talk a lot and you your year, I mean lots of people think that their year has been not normal, it's been unstable, it's been it's lots of things have been taken away. But Hilda, you have your year has been on a different level. And so, as you said, this session is helping you to pro progress to like another stage from what has happened. And here we are going into the holidays. So I'm sure you have some actually brilliant distinctions that maybe some of us would never have thought of because of where you have come from this year. Well, I don't know if they are going to be things that other people don't think about because what I decided to think about was what are the um, kind of like 
I had to think about categories that I want to focus over the holidays. And they are probably going to be very common areas for a lot of us, right? So I thought, okay, let me think of the magic five. You know, what's that five? What are the five things that I want to um, look at at? What's been my relationship with it? What have I learned from this year? What is it going to change? How am I going to um, change maybe even the intensity of the energy that I put into each one of these categories? And so I wrote family, money, because without money, we can't, I mean, exist. It's almost like the necessary evil, right? So family, money, fun, which I have to be very creative about how we're going to be having fun this year, because like Regina said, things are so different. Service, what are the areas of service for me to give? And then the business, not let go of the business. And um, yeah, I've had a lot of changes. Um, I won't get into the details of it today. I'm not sure that I'm prepared for that. But um, yeah, I've had changes into pretty much every single one of these areas and how am I going to um, kind of sort of moving forward, um, what's going to be the most important. So I'll just tell you like really quick, um, if you allow me to, um, can I tell you really quick in each area, kind of yes, like what was the, the one area that came to me? I didn't think about this like for hours. I just sat down and I, I did the first thing that came to me that I thought is important to put focus on. And when it comes to family, I thought the word that came and it's a word that you use so much. Uh, D is connecting, you know, the connecting with family. But we we know about the holidays and connection, but this year is going to have to be different because the holidays are normally um, sentimental times and, 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 and everybody in the world right now has had a degree of loneliness or isolation that they've been feeling. And how are we how can we be vessels of, of hope and vessels of connection for the people around us and identify those family members that maybe we need to spend that little extra time. And for me, um, that's where I think I would be investing because I normally live such a busy life that I don't have the time to be investing on people maybe the way that I could have or should have. And so, you know, what, how am I going to spend that extra time letting people that they're special, letting people know that they matter, letting people know that they're loved, letting people, you know, checking in with people. We don't know the darkness that could be going in somebody's heart with the level of isolation that people have been experiencing during this COVID year. And, and just really quick, not to take so much time in the money part. So how to use it for things that really kind of, that don't have to cost so much money, but can be bringing a smile to people, you know? And, and I have, um, um, you know, like don't think of even expensive gifts for the holidays, but what are those little things that can be so special that can, that can have somebody just put a smile, even if it's a, a picture frame to send them a photo, a special photo from a memory or something like that. And then fun, how am I going to get creative on having fun on COVID, COVID times? And for me, it's the beach. So the beach is a perfect place to go and have fun and wear your mask and just breathe air and enjoy the waves. I just got to uh, go to my 
very good friend, um, memorial service, and which was very, very sad, very painful. And yet yeah, took three days to really walk the beach. And I walked the beach until I couldn't walk the beach anymore. Until I couldn't, you know, had to stop crying from, from exhaustion. But there's such a beautiful thing to, for us to be able to do, to connect. And, and this, from a medical perspective, I'll just give you a uh, um, pearl from a medical perspective, that there is something real when it comes to grounding, to us being grounded to the earth. And so walking the beach barefooted and letting the energy of the waves hit our feet is a great way of getting grounded. And when it comes to service, I what was put in my heart was orphans and widows. So what can I do to help orphans and widows in this world is what I'm going to be looking at. And then when it comes to the business, I'm thinking that this year, going through the holidays and into the new year, because our let's just be honest, our first quarter of next year is going to be however we ended the last quarter of this year, whatever we were putting our attention on. And I think for me, I don't know what you guys think, but it's going to have to become more about a high touch about going back to the phone and, and pick up the phone and make phone calls. Not so much thinking of that I wanna make that phone call to generate business, even though I'm sure that those phone calls will generate business, but coming from a heart perspective and really caring about people. So I think making phone calls, doing that high touch, uh, thinking, making things easier for people. I have a line of products that are health and wellness products that are available in my office and haven't really exploded the internet. So how am I going to make things easier for people to acquire those things and improve their health in these COVID times? And then at the end, I got to spend some time really meditating about moving on in life and letting go of what I got to let go and move forward and get rid of, I'm surrounded by boxes. You see me here in this beautiful, beautiful space, but I'm really truly surrounded by boxes because I just moved. So what is everything that I'm gonna let go of so I can open the space for things to come my way. So I'm sorry if I monopolate and I took too much time, <laughs> but you told me to tell you my list. So I told you my list. <laughs> I loved that list and I love then the distinctions that you put in the list and weaving your story through it and your business and that's what I think women can really do really really well is that we can you know do many things really well almost at the same time it's impossible mm -hmm. to do it at the same time but you know that's why I keep persevering with global women's voice even though we're not getting the numbers still it's mm. such an important conversation for us to be able to have to show women that we are not alone and that we all do this so naturally. And yet we somehow squeeze, we, you know, society has to, is trying to squeeze us into a box. But then look what you just did. And look how we live. It's pretty cool. So thank you. Do we, does anybody, we'll do it slightly different this time. Our structure is usually our core speakers present um, our, their distinctions on the topic and then we have a conversation. But I thought, why don't we now have a little bit of a conversation about, do you, does anybody specifically have any questions to Hilda or do you have any comments to Dr. Hilda um, around specifically what she said? And you could, uh, I think, 
because I have unstable internet here, Regina has the ability to unmute you. You can put your hand up um, if you have any specific questions to Hilda before we move on. Oh, there you go, Kim. Does it work now? It does work. <laughs> yep, I <hear> you. <laughs> well, not necessarily a question for Dr. Hilda. She's a, a couple hours north of me. So I'm blessed to have the beach as well. But I have found this year, everybody's talking about how different the year is going to be for Christmas. Uh, our governor has decided that you can only have two families and they have to be outdoors and six feet apart and all this malarkey. But for the last 15 years, I have been having Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner with my parents at their house, of which I'm there now, just the three of us because that is their preference. So my Christmas dinner is going to be the same as it was last year and the previous year. It's just not getting together with friends for cocktails or huge dinners like we have in the past. Yet I'm still able to get down to my beach and we have anywhere from seven to 12 girls and we meet, we put our bag down and we all kind of be about 10 feet apart and we all go straight out into the ocean and do our swim and come back. And there's ways to do things. And we had a tribal moment on Sunday with one, one of the ladies 76th birthday. And we went for a swim. We made a circle in the ocean. We sang happy birthday and splashed our feet. And that was her celebration. But we were still able to have that tribal moment, that celebration, even physically distanced. We were still able to be social. And I think that's, isn't that what you, doesn't this what everybody's seeing, that everybody's being really creative about still being able to live with this? Because it is real. And there are, we are using our creativity to like what Hilda was saying, be creative about being, you know, having fun. Being and the, that was the word, creativity on their yes. farm. Yeah. Like, creativity. I think it's forcing people to be creative and not being so apathetic, which apathy in Australia is such a big thing. Maybe it is everywhere in the world. I'm not quite sure because I'm an Australian. I, I spend a lot of my time here. I really love that story, Kim, because it does show that we people are they're living with with this at the moment, and it's it's going to continue. And it's forcing people to be more creative. It's fantastic and be more appreciative. And too many of the people who are getting depressed and feeling lonely are just staying at home. Yes, where you can get outside of the house. And I'm sorry, I can talk to my neighbor him and his driveway, me and mine straight across, we can still have a conversation. You can have phone conversations. You can, there's ways to be social. But it does take that creativity. And often, oh, I can do that. And then making the effort. People, there. I mean, I don't want to turn this into a negative direction, but how can we encourage people to, take a more positive and bigger picture of, yes, you could actually jump on this Zoom 
and be a part of this, to be inspired, to actually be part of a conversation, right. to be a part of a bigger picture rather than being home. And look at this, we're having social closeness thousands of miles away. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And for the people that came in, I'm actually not in my home. I got on a plane this morning. <laughs> I got up at four o'clock, flew to another town, a gold mining town in Western Australia, and I'm presenting this in another town. I am not home. So all of these possibilities. And when I left this morning, my husband said, Oh, well, it'll just be another webinar, another training, another conversation that you're having somewhere else on the planet. And isn't that amazing that we can do that now? Well, how many people are thinking like this? We can think like this and do it with simple little things like this little bazaar or my phone. Yeah, I think it's going to be really important over the holidays for people to stay connected because that's the time where you know, suicide goes up, uh, depression goes up, and 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 maybe it's going to take us to be more leaders, not just amongst ourselves, but even in our own, right, our own families and our own communities, just take the initiative and say, hey, let's just get together and just have a conversation or like check on people and make sure they're doing okay. And I think that was one thing that you you said, Hilda, is that you said, you know, making that effort to connect and checking in with people. Mm -hmm. I'm really good at that, but there's some people that I haven't checked in with and I have just started to, and there's a couple there today on, when I was flying here, I go, gee, I haven't heard from her for a long, long time. I need to check, check in because I think that people do feel lonely. Well, I have to say, if you're not very good at that, thank you for being so good at that with me this year. <laughs> Because you have been so good in checking in. It's important. And, not yes. many people check in. They just not many people just say, Hi, how are you doing? Are you okay? I haven't heard from you for a while. And I think sometimes we're so not used to checking in that when people check in with you, they they almost feel like they're a total inconvenience. So for example, I have a friend today in um, Northern California towards Reno, and he's just had a string of bad luck and he's like I'm so sorry to bother you with all this but I'm the I told him I said you're alone I know what it's like to be lonely message mm -hmm. me let's chat I know that you need someone to talk to you know it's just because we don't want to be an inconvenience to others but really you just got to do it and I think sometimes you know it's like what I felt from some people is when I've said, oh, I'm just checking in to see how you're going, that they feel as if I want something from them. Mm. And there's this whole society thing of just because you're just checking in, this, I don't need anything. I'm totally independent. I don't need anything from anybody. But I love to feel that I'm connected and I'm included and I'm being part of the world and I'm, you know, adding value. I don't need anything. But yet there's this thought there's this there's this thing that comes back that's like well what do you want mm. it's a fascinating thing that I, it's a fascinating sort of era that we live in mm. and I was talking to I was talking about this to somebody the other day another country person small town country person and whether this makes a difference and I'd love some of your comments on this is that this girlfriend of mine that I hadn't seen for 45 years I had lunch with her and the reason that I had lunch with her was somebody said you no know, Leanne's 
doing great, but she just lost her 37 year old daughter. The daughter's leaving four children. And I go, okay, you know, of course, we're just gonna check in with her, which is what we've been doing for the last four or five months. And so her, myself and Leanne, my friend that I hadn't seen for 45 years, we had this conversation about it seems to be more difficult to connect with people that have come from a city background rather than a country get your hands dirty type of upbringing mm. I, I, I would like to hear your comments on this to see if it's a global you know thought you know what is it that makes people more able to accept connection whatever they experienced in their childhood mm. is, is going to boil down to how they were raised. Absolutely. I'm sorry, Regina. You're all right. Um, but I just like, I like what um, you brought up, Di, with this small town versus the city, city way of connecting because I'm, I'd consider myself a city girl and I'm living in a small town. And one of the things that, um, you know, I, it's so much easier to go see m my friends now without without having to call them and say, oh, can I come over? They'll just, have, they just naturally have the door open, door open wide. And so last week I went to go visit a friend um, to do some to do some treatments on her, to have a session with her. And I'm thinking, okay, well, it's gonna be a 45 minute an hour session. I have this and this time to go to, you know, to hang out with her and, and work with her. Got to her house and three hours later I came home, you know, and before the session it was, we walked around her, her her property we looked at the cows we got some grapefruit off the tree you know and even before when we came back in we had some tea and then we started this session so there's this whole I guess almost like a like an unspoken ceremony where you you just go and you just be with the person and you know sometimes I'm still in that mindset of I gotta go I've got <laughs> gotta go in do the session come out and then I can talk to her later and then I can go out and do all my other stuff but no we're just being with each other so and it's yeah it's it is there is something different, very different and i think that this ability to be able to connect with people is such an important thing to be doing in preparation of for life not just holidays and i think it's a really important issue mm. and i think it needs the world needs leaders with it and it's mm. so invisible mm. But I think it's important that for all of us here to be practicing that with people and allowing this connection. Because you don't connect if you just go in and do the session and leave. Yeah. Um, by the way, Rosemary has her hand up. Huh. I just see a hand up. <clears throat> Let's keep going. Hi, everybody. Oh. Hello, Rosemary. Welcome. It's early in the morning. Thank you. Yes, and I'm in darkness. We don't have power. It's very, very hot. Mm. Um, I, I was just thinking about the holiday season now that you've all pointed at things that I have experienced and felt over the last few years. I've not really had a no more Christmas for 15 years meaning that I have worked through the holiday season for the last 15 years, something that I've been thinking I need to change. Um, and that would mean changing the kind of work that I do because I'm in property management and hospitality. And basically that means when everybody is resting is when you're busy working. Mm -hmm. 
and and so for the last 15 years that has been my christmas holidays um so nothing's really going to change now because uh, we are back in business despite the covid situation and um so basically my christmas new year is 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 going to be the same again but um you know the the one thing that i also wanted to point out is that i consider myself a village girl i was i was born and brought up i was born in nairobi but i was brought up in nyeri which is a typical village and i work in kilifi which is another village i can literally walk barefoot from my house to work and no one will look at me twice um i can i can live a, i live a very free life as i see it and 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 literally everybody knows everybody um it it's the kind of village where you cannot even hide because everyone knows all your secrets that's that's the kind of village that i live in and so i find people are more connected in this kind of a village setup so when something happens to any of the people that i work with or the people that i live around with i mean you get to know everything and everyone and somehow there are no secrets it's just it's it's like it's like living through a gossip village where everyone will be talking about the other and so by christmas is not really going to be different and for connectedness i feel like i know the people that i live with i feel like they know me and so i just we are not really i i don't know whether i feel any different considering that there is covid at the moment because i still wake up my routine has not changed really yes my finances have been affected um i can't go i mean like um go far, far like go to mombasa and get into a, into a restaurant because then i have to be careful about all that but my holiday season is 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 going to be very much the same and create in terms of creativity we are still able to sort of meet um like in a local joint a restaurant and have conversations whenever we want uh the friends that live around here are still able to sort of we would meet even if it is on the street and everybody is in their car or, or we're just sitting at the boot of the cars and have a conversation and yes yeah I'm, I'm 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 i am looking forward to this christmas season i would i would love to change my christmas at some point hopefully i'm i'm i'm, I'm praying that the next two years i don't have to do this christmas of work 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 and that for once i can have a normal uh, family gathering and sit down with people <laughs> and enjoy christmas new year yes i just wanted to mention that thank you rosemary thank you and i think that i really related i'm a small country girl myself we grew up and it was like 300 of us or something in our small country town and so everybody knew everybody everybody knew everybody's grandparents and parents and it, 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 and when i came work when we actually shifted to the city um to put our kids in school it was like living on a, on mars because nobody said hello nobody asked me how i was or i'd say hello and they wouldn't reply and it's been i i found that you know it's very be very 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 different so i'm really really related to that person um regina 
<laughs> do you have some points to share on what is it that you do or I have been thinking about to be prepared for this holiday season? That's such an interesting topic for because for so long I actually didn't celebrate Christmas um, as a single as a single woman. And then when I got married or when I started dating my husband, he didn't really celebrate Christmas. And then we were traveling for quite a few years. So we never had a, a any sort of tradition or knew how or know how to, to prepare for Christmas. And of course, now that we have a, a young daughter, um, even ever since she's born, every Christmas has been so different. My father-in-law has passed, so our family is split up a little bit. And so now we're here needing to create our own, our own traditions. So, um, I think one of the words that you came up with was creativity, being really creative and creating with family. That was actually on my list as well. It's like, well, what can I, what can I do to create with my family? Because really right now I can create new traditions. Um, I mean, I have to be honest, <laughs> my, my parents won't be watching this <laughs> or maybe they will. Um, growing up in <laughs> um, our Christmas holidays, growing up were not, I was, I did not enjoy them. I mean, I did enjoy them to an extent, but there's a lot that I didn't enjoy. And so I really feel grateful that now that I, that I can honor what they've created and still create my own um, new traditions. Um, and that goes with saying with, um, you know, we don't really have any close family here. Maybe just uh, my brother-in-law and another point for us is really just being able to create our own families um, with other new friends. Um, around us because we've been in this particular town for a year and a half which is quite a long time when for for many years it was we were in a town for a couple of months or a few weeks so it's creating our own family and with these new traditions and with one uh, with a family that we're quite close with we've just started calling them auntie and uncle or uh, we've agreed for our kids to call us um, auntie or you know the other parents, auntie and uncle. So that's really put a new level, a new dimension into um, just our family life in general and our create our created family life, our chosen family, which is really great. Um, and yeah, so and another one that, that I wanted to, another thing that I wanted to talk about is um, including, including my daughter with, um, with the new traditions that we're putting together. I have to, I've actually had to learn from one of my friends, the traditions that she actually goes through with her, with her little family and that she's created so that I can think about, you know, what can I do different and what can I do with my daughter to create uh, something new and um, great for us so that my daughter doesn't feel how I felt um, growing up during Christmas. Um, and of course, last but not least, it's really, I, I think over so many years, I've been so used to having to keep on going and keep on doing something that I've never checked in with myself or I've, I've, or I've felt some sort of pain or, you know, emotional, physical pain, but just still kept on going. So my point for this one is checking in with me and, and figuring out, do I need to move my body? Do I need water? Do I need to stretch my body? Have I meditated this morning? Um, when am I going to meditate before the day ends? And so just simple practices and habits that, that I've picked up that sometimes I just forget when it gets really busy. And, um, you know, especially during this um, season, the, the holiday season. Hmm. I love the piece when you said, especially for me, that stood out was creating your traditions. Hmm. 
because I did not enjoy my Christmases and my holiday times. And I was actually speaking to somebody the other day and telling them a story about after Christmas, my, we would all pack up as a family and it was very stressful to pack up. Everything would be covered in white sheets so the dust wouldn't come and, you know, so that we would leave our house like immaculate and we'd all have to help with that and we'd get in this big caravan and we all go to the beach and I would burn. I would just burn four, five, six times during this six-week holiday and be sent to my grandmother who would just roll me in iced sheets and towels and pour cold tea over me. And that's pretty much how I spent my holidays. And then I would be teased because I would just be peeling. And so anything around Christmas and holidays has freaked me out for years. So it's been a really big thing for me to, like Regina, what you're saying, is to create new traditions. And so what are, I, what are some... Sorry, what are some new traditions that you created? So what some of the things that I created for our, my family, because we have two kids, is um, I made, I made, I mean, remember, I'm, I had my kids in the 1980s. And so I made a, um, a advent calendar. And so the advent calendar would go up the first day of December. I would, I made stockings. So each of them would have their stockings. And that's actually a dilemma now. I have a grandson. And I said to my daughter, well, we all have stockings. Is it my responsibility to make the stocking for my grandson or is it your responsibility? And I'm not really talking about responsibilities, but I'm talking about traditions. And so her and I had this big conversation about, wow, you know, she's realising that she now wants to create traditions. Mm. You know, and, and I always made a particular type of glass cake, fruit cake for Christmas. And the girls always remember that and I always used to put asparagus fern on it. And then Father Christmas would come down and there would be the, the footprints of Father Christmas and all the reindeers and the carrot and all of that stuff around Christmas Day. So we, you know, our kids tell us some of the things that we created, but, and I'm really proud that I was able to continue those traditions with the help of my husband to break my pain around Christmas and holidays. So, Regina, I think it's really important that we have young families to, you know, create these new traditions, not only for our kids, but for ourselves. Mm. And um, Dr. Hilda, I'm sure you have also created traditions around your family as, you know, you have 21-year-old. You've, you've been through this also. Yeah. Well, for me, it's kind of interesting because I grew up in Puerto Rico. And growing up in Puerto Rico, even though Christmas celebration was important in my family, um, in Puerto Rico, we also celebrate the Three Kings Day. And my family couldn't do gifts for both Christmas and Three Kings. So what was really important growing up was Three Kings Day. And, and growing up, basically, you know how um, in America, they do the milk and the cookies. So for the three kings, because they had camels, they're the wise men, the three wise men from the, the Bible story, they, we would take a shoebox and then we would get grass, we would cut grass, we'll put the grass on the shoebox and then we'll leave it for our gifts. And then in the morning, you would see the grass all the way down the street. So that must have been the camels that actually came and ate. <laughs> you know, you, we pretended, once we figured out that that was not the case, we pretended it was because 
we would get the best gifts for three kings. So then with my daughter, it was different because here uh, living in mainland US, everybody's about Christmas, but then she loved the fact she always held me accountable to celebrate three kings. I mean, she became aware that there were two celebrations. <laughs> so we would do um, the Christmas and then we'd also do gifts for the, for the three kings. But for me, the new tradition was the milk and cookies because I did not grow up with milk and cookies. <laughs> you know, the baking the cookies or just having them ready. So for me, that was the newness uh, after having my daughter. And now, of course, growing up, so it used to be the tree like packed with gifts and it would take hours because I would, I would wrap even the smallest things in different packages so it would be so many gifts under the tree and now you know growing up it's just like what two minutes just open really fast and maybe one gift over time so that's been my my best memories with my daughter was the anticipation really having the having the um, anticipation and disappointments because when the kids have anticipation there's also disappointments like the year that i was so excited because i got her a bicycle because i wanted her to be outdoors and riding but she wanted a computer but she didn't get the computer she got the bicycle so <laughs> she had to get over the disappointment but yeah i do have some great memories but the three kings is the best one for me growing up mm. I think for me, when I think of our kids, and they probably will say the same, but it was always so much excitement about going out to see where Santa landed. Oh, yes. Right? And where's the deer poo? You know, where's the antelope poo? Where then they go look for it. And of course, how they knocked over the glass of milk because they might have been doing something. And the kids would be, they'd make up these stories of what might have happened when the sleigh came down and Santa was there and the antelopes and they needed a drink. And there would be this whole thing outside Christmas morning in our house as our kids grew up because we made such a big thing of, you know, the outside. And then they'd have to go and find their stockings, which, you know, they are pretty big stockings. And of course, that I was like, Hilda, I wrapped everything right down to if I buy now a nail file it's wrapped and it's put under the tree or in the stocking and we still do that as kids you know with our kids we we take all day to unwrap our presents because we give things from tampons to you know a, a something major it's you know we we collect and, and wrap everything just so everything is a surprise for the day. It's really cool how both of you were able to create your own traditions and learn new things because now I'm in, yeah, I'm in a spot. I'm just, I'm just learning from you and how you make a big deal out of it. Even just the smallest things to leave, to leave to everyone's imagination. I think that's really special. And I mean, that's not, that's not anything that I would have ever thought of. Um, so it's really great to hear those. When my daughter was young, I would wrap diapers. <laughs> oh, yes. We used to wrap toilet paper. Because <laughs> they don't care. They don't care. They, it's just the excitement of, you know, of opening thing. They don't care. And for our dogs, we, I yes. would wrap the key for our dogs. And then I would put a little peanut butter on my butter inside the wrapper. Uh -huh. And so the dog would go crazy opening it. 
And then my daughter will get such a kick out of seeing the dog wanting to open the gift too. That's funny. Yeah, it's so That's cool, isn't idea. it? It's just so cool. And I think that those sort of traditions, then for me, what they've done is they've got, I've created traditions for everything through, through the year, you know, for Easter, for our birthdays. And the kids still tell me, you know, they, what are they? They still tell me little distinctions as to what they remember. And I'm so proud that I've been able to do that as a mum, that I didn't have that as a kid. My mum and my mum and dad were too busy, you know, partying and doing what they did. We lived in a different era and I had those opportunities. Mm. And I think it's like what Kim was saying, if we can look and think, look and see when we're coming into situations, what are the opportunities and how can we create something that's taking us to having a great life, basically? You know, whether it's building a tradition or joining a conversation like this. Checking in with people. Does anybody else have a comment about what we were just talking about there around traditions or anything else that Regina might have said? I think Kim did. Kim. I have two little things. The thing yes. I remember the most about Christmases as a kid is my grandmother's gingerbread cookies. She would bake cookies for everybody, but she always made the gingerbread cookies with molasses. And I remember fighting my cousin for it. So finally she got smart enough and made a batch for him and a batch for me. And the fun thing at my house was taking a toilet paper roll, putting a little milk bone, dog bone in there, and then wrapping, wrapping it like a firecracker, you know, just with paper. And the dog would go crazy over it. And it was such fun just watching the dog tear apart the, the little thing just to get a milk bone. And I think it's just those little things, isn't it? To create those little things. Again, the word create comes in. So I think that that's a major takeaway from this conversation. How can we be more creative during this whole period to go from here right through to, you know, the end of January? How can we be creative to create something quite beautiful and special and in, and being light about everything. I honestly, I, can I say something really quick? I am so excited about this conversation because um, even though we're talking about things, I mean, coming back to our memories, right? Just going there puts you in such a different state of mind and mood compared to all the doom and gloom that we're hearing on the media or the news or even the negative people that are out there kind of like talking the conversations and so many people trying to convince i mean even on on television here in the united states uh uh leaders saying well you might as well wear no christmas this year just get used that there won't be any christmas and it doesn't have to be that way at all at all and I knew it didn't have to be that way, but to be honest with you, it is this conversation that's helping me snap out of it. And seeing this Christmas tree behind me, of course, is helping. <laughs> of course, and it's beautiful. And then the little tree on the side. Yeah, but the story for the reason that this Christmas tree is here has nothing to do with today. It has to do with the fact that I was moving and <laughs> I had to pay a flat fee for moving. 
And then the guys ended up early and I'm like, wait, what else can you guys do? So I made them go to the storage facility, pick up the Christmas tree and put it together for me, empty the boxes because this tree is so tall. It goes all the way up about 12 feet tall. And there's no way I was going to be able to do it, but it, look at it, it had a purpose. Everything has a purpose. Here we are having this call today. <laughs> Everything has a purpose and it's okay. perfect. And it's a perfect setting for today. Perfect. Any other, any other tidbits, any little comments from what Regina was saying? I'm just really excited about how you were talking about it. Like you're wanting to be intentional about creating these memories with your kids while they're younger, because I know that Dee and I, you know, we're looking at it with the retroscope. We already did whatever we did, right, wrong, or indifferent, and we have some great memories. And now you can, um, we can pour onto you for you to build on with your kids. I think it's really cool. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it means a lot to me. And even just, I was talking to one of my friends about the topic today and she said do you want to hear my traditions and I said yes <laughs> and yeah so it's really cool to just have that that collaboration and when we're all in such different phases of our lives and it's yeah it's really cool yeah it's very cool it's almost like we're creating the village that yes. Rosemary was talking about mm. yes it's very very cool I think Rose so, so when I was growing up hmm. Christmas for us was always uh, church, like you'd have to wake up and go to the church in the morning. And uh, my dad, who used to work very far away, would come home and you would get a new dress and a new pair of shoes. And I think as finances got constrained over the years, that sort of ended and we just left with the fact that you, had, you still had to go to church. Um, I feel like for me as a parent, I have not taken time to actually create traditions for my own son. And, and it's good that you guys are talking about this because I can probably still save Christmas at some point. But I feel like my son has not really had any traditions. Um, they, we've sort of bought gifts, but I don't know whether it is about a Kenyan thing. We're not like the most gifting humans. So there's no tradition towards wrapping gifts and having them brought up. Like I would buy a present for my son for his birthday and for his Christmas time, but there's no like big deal about it. Half the time he will be working with me uh, because I do not have someone to leave him with at home. And so I feel like I, I still probably have a chance, he's 15, to uh, build our own small traditions and it's good that you've had this conversation so that it can trigger that at the back of my mind that actually it doesn't have to be what you're used to or what you had but it could be something completely different that you create that is your own that you could customize to fit in in your situation we've always had sort of christmas lunch together but we're having that christmas lunch in between work so we are He's running around the compound with the other employees and then lunch hour, we sit down and have this lunch together. But there's no, I, I don't think he feels like it's Christmas, it's Christmas in his head and he has to really think about it as something that is happening because 
His mother has always been working. I can relate to that because um, we, Rob, my husband has always done type of, uh, well, since, since we started this business, this type of event business, but the event business, the, the events industry wasn't even created, you know, 40 years ago. But he's always worked either, you know, long hours and at nighttime or on weekends. And so with what comes with that is very unstable income, which means some Christmases were, were full of toilet paper and some Christmases might have had a bike because that's how much, you know, it all depends on how much money you've made the year of how much you can spend on it. But we always tried to keep to the tradition of, you know, trying to spend the day or at least him being involved in the day partly. So, and I was probably the main driver of that because I realised when my kids were really, really young that I wanted my kids to really be able to enjoy family. I didn't enjoy being with my family. And that was the drive for me to create tradition rather than being anything about Christmas. It was about how can our kids be part of a family. So that's my take on, on traditions. Oh, that's such a powerful statement. How can you get your kids involved with the family? And I guess what was going through my mind with the past couple of conversations was, uh, especially when Rosemary started talking about going to church and we had the same thing as we would go to church and we'd have the family party. And I was just thinking, it's like, yeah, we had, we had those traditions, but were we, were we really there with each other? Were we there enjoying each other? Were we there for the purpose of being together or were we doing it just because we was what we had to do so I like that you said that because that's definitely something that I'd like to bring as well is what where you know who uh, being with family chosen or blood mm. and for me I would like to encourage blood and I think that there is this oh well we don't we don't we can't choose our family but why not choose our family? Mm. And I think that when um, we have had experiences of being taken away from our family, our blood family, we have more of an appreciation of what our blood family is and how we can then appreciate our history and our DNA and, and who we really are. And so for me, my intention was for us and me to be able to grow into being able to appreciate who I really am. And that was, I did that through my kids of, of how can I set up scenarios where we appreciated each other. It has not been a pleasant journey or an easy journey because we had to work, you know, we, we don't have a silver spoon. We are hard workers. And we have society not encouraging us to do that. Society says, you know, be obligated. And we can choose whoever we want to be in our family. But in my mind, no, we don't have that choice. Why not make the most of what you've already got? Definitely. Um, I was just thinking about uh, something I want to share with everybody because uh, um, I know we're running um, uh, almost to the end of this, but I want to share with you guys a tradition uh, that's a Puerto Rican tradition. And if you're brave enough, you can borrow the Puerto Rican tradition. And by the way, with Rosemary's son, uh, I, I think that at the end, 
they want our time. So even just a little extra time, that's a special time that becomes a Christmas gift is the time. That's a little side note on something I was thinking. But anyway, so the Puerto Rican tradition. Yes, the Puerto Rican tradition is so what you do is you gather your friends and you gather your family and you wait until your friend or family goes to sleep. And right about two in the morning when they're in the deepest part of the sleep, everybody shows up to that person's house with instruments or like uh, utensils from the kitchen, you know, anything that makes lots of noise. And then everybody starts singing and with guitars or, you know, depending the instruments that you have, if you're more sophisticated or not, until they have to get out of bed and they open the door and they let everybody in and everybody keeps singing. And at that time, the owner of that house has to cook and provide food for that group of people or they're not leaving the house. <laughs> so that is the Puerto Rican and it's called the parranda. So if you feel encouraged and you feel close enough to a family member that you would do that too, or else we're just going to have to do something in Puerto Rico and celebrate Christmas that way, because it's a lot of fun. <laughs> That sounds so fun. It is a that, lot. That sounds so fun. I could not do that with my existing family right now. Maybe my kids, but not my. Well, experience. with COVID, we couldn't do that. But especially if they if they truly don't expect it, is the best. Yeah, yeah, is the best. These sessions are one point five hours. We've gone for one hour, so we still can have maybe oh, another yeah, fifteen good. minutes, and then we then we wrap it up. Um, I. I, is, does anybody else have any questions, comments before we go on? Because it's my turn, even though I feel like I've spoken a lot today. Okay. I, I um, split my thoughts up into how I created this group, which is connection, collaborate, and um, cooperative. And I was thinking not just Christmas, but I was thinking over the holidays. And I probably have been influenced by that because I'm creating a holiday program so that people can create breakthroughs for over their holidays, for their holiday season, but also to go into 2021. So that's probably that was probably what influenced me to be thinking more about these words, but then relating it to holidays. So um, when I think of connection. I was what I would recommend and what I've been doing, especially around holiday time, is I double the time, my time, me time. And I double the double my time at the beach. I double my time with what I'm thinking about our food. And I also double my time in not only how long I meditate, beginning and the end of the day, but being very specific on what I meditate on, because it's the end of the year and I want to create. And I've done this for about 15 years. I want to create very specific thoughts around my following year. And I find that being able to do them at this time of the year helps me to have more self-connection. Mm. So that's the point on connection. Then the point on collaborate is for me to be able to be more aware of am I asking especially now in this stage of life, am I asking my kids questions and my family questions rather than being always the matriarch and telling or suggesting or just doing, which is what you do when you've got little kids. You just do stuff because you've got to make stuff happen, right? But like Hilda, like, you know, you're with Natalie Tasha now, she wants stuff, she wants to make stuff happen. And my kids want to make, make stuff happen. So they're having 
you know, some of the Christmas events and the New Year events at their houses and they're, they're suggesting they want to do this. And so I'm more now going, well, I need to go into more of a collaborative mind thinking. And so how can I be asking more questions of myself and of my extended family and my direct family? And then the other word that I've got here is cooperate. <clears throat> and what I have been putting my attention more on is how can I be flexible because now I have, you know, I have my kids who are not really my kids anymore because they are in relationships. And so I'm not really talking to my kids anymore. I'm talking to their relationship, even though I might only be talking to them, but I'm talking into the relationship and I'm getting, having a conversation from the relationship, not from this child that I knew. So how can I be flexible now, but still stand my ground mm. to be able to collaborate more so that I'm more um, connected to where they are going, but then to still what I need and want. Is this making sense? I hear, I can only see um, Hilda on my screen. She's shaking her head, but I'm going, there's a lot in being able to connect and then to be able to collaborate and then to be able to really be cooperative when we are, you know, organizing things that are sort of supposed to be relaxing and fun, <laughs> but then it ends up to be strenuous and stressful. <laughs> and I think it takes somebody to hold that space of how can we create this easiness for our family to have fun. And I think that that's the role that I'm going into rather than having to make everything happen, which is what you do when you have kids. So I looked at my <clears throat> presentation for today around connection, cooperate and collaborate. <clears throat> um, was there anything else I have here? Oh, I think the reason that I put in being able to stay true to myself but still stand my ground but still being reflect. Um, flexible is that for me and Hilda and I have talked about this a few times but I think that there because we have brought our children up to be able to live the life that they really want to be able to design and to have opinions that are important and to have encouraged them to have the opinions is that now that they are in their 20s and 30s and 40s that they think that they that we know nothing they think that they can say whatever they want to us. And they think that their important is so their opinion is so important that ours don't matter. And so for me, I'm going, no, mine does matter actually. It's not better than yours, but we are both adults now. And you are going to listen to what I have to say. But how can I say that now from being just as a mother still, not as a friend, as a mother still? because I'll never be a friend. I'm always going to be their mother, which is very different. And how can I say that from a position of my own self-esteem and my own true authenticity? And I think that then that ta will take me into more of a stable environment for me to be able to do my business and to you know, grow, grow my family's consciousness. So they're my, they're my three points. 
So who, who has any comments on what I've just spoken about or stories or thoughts? Hilda. I just want to thank you for sharing the doubling the time because I would never think that for the holidays because it's usually the opposite that yeah. there is during normal holidays, even though this year they're different, there's so much going on then that as much as we want to do introspection and we know what we need, the fact that you are being so intentional about doubling the time. Wow. That's such a takeaway for me. Thank you for sharing that. And it's so specific too. Like, and yeah. And it just almost forces you to actually schedule in that time to do it. So you make sure that you do have it during the holidays. Absolutely. And for me, being very directive around what type of meditations, what type of questions, being very directive around my focus of how I'm focusing, where I'm focusing my thoughts for my meditation times. Mm. Very directive. And I know Mel is in my Connected Dots program right now and she's heard me say this time and time and time again. It's how can we be really specifically directive so that when we come out of that and we're going through our day, we actually have that running in the background. Yeah, I like it. I'm looking forward to doubling my time at the beach or in the water. I'll definitely schedule that. <laughs> and with Kim's beautiful Christmas backdrop. Yeah, I remember that. And I, I, while I'm here too, I just want to say thank you because I was going through a stage where I wasn't enjoying Christmas, like dreading Christmas. But now just being here and having all of your thoughts and your traditions, I think forever my Christmases and my children's Christmases will be so much better. Thank you. Mm. I'm actually looking forward to creating traditions. Although we already had some, I think we're definitely going to add, yeah, definitely more traditions. Thanks. Thanks, Mel. Thanks for sharing. Um, and Mel's wanna... in a very, I think, I, if I can just say one more thing to Mel, is that Mel's in quite a transitional period, because I know Mel. She's in a quite a tra transitional period, similar to Rosemary. And I think that that transitional period of family and growing into being a mother and um, consciously be growing into a mother rather than being a mother and just doing it because you've just got all these responsibilities. I think that's very different and, and you know I hear and I see Mel like I was when my kids were in teenage years it's not an easy time yeah I think now it's going to be better like I had this thing in my mind that I wasn't great at Christmas and I was actually really inspired by Cheryl Joel's wife and we get to see video of her and she would uh, she did such a beautiful job similar to Doc, Dr. Hilda's background there and um yeah, but now I think I'm definitely going to take a little bit of one, maybe even one of each of your traditions that you just talked about and, and bring it in. But yeah, we are going through a transitional time. It's always changing. And um, yeah, but definitely with Christmas, I'll have a different approach. And I'm really bad at being the tooth fairy. Like we have a tradition, the tooth fairy forgets to come or can't find the house. Or we have a story every time like, why, what happened to the tooth fairy? Oh, we're in a different state. That they've got New South Wales tooth fairies and Queensland tooth fairies, and they didn't communicate. And 
So that's our tradition. But this will, now I'm going in with, um, I'm going to make up for it with new Christmas traditions. So, yeah, we'll have some really good ones. Thanks, Mel. Mm. It's really cool, Mel. It's very cool. Um, I had something to say about um, what you'd said, Dai, and it was really was a reality check for me. And so I appreciate that. And you were talking about the kind of your relationship with your children. They're, they're, they're adults now and you're still their mother. You're not their friend. You're not their friend. And yet sometimes they still think that they know more. And I think just hearing the fact that um, you as a mother still are valid, you are still you as a person, um, it just made me think of, okay, well, what can, when I talk to my mother next, what can I do to make her feel like she is human and that she matters and that she is valued? Because it's so easy to, for me to say, I don't really want to talk to my mom now. So I'll just put my daughter in front of the camera and they can just have a, a little chat. But that just what you had said just made me realize, especially now, um, and even maybe doubling doubling the amount of times I do it is to actually call her and say, just wanted to check in and see how you are doing and um, you know, what you're up to, especially, you know, there are my parents are pretty clear, close ish to 80 in their little senior citizen community in Southern California. And for me in New, in New Zealand and being in a small town, COVID is a big deal, but we've been really, really lucky where we haven't had to worry about it as much. And so, um, and my parents are in the opposite. <laughs> well, they're actually quite near you, Dr. Hilda, or in between Kim and, and Hilda. So it's, yeah, thank you for that. Where where are they? Um, they're in Orange County. So they're near Laguna, Laguna Hills. You know what? I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really important that and I find it difficult to call my mum up and really, really be present with her. The more I call her up and attempt to be really, really present with her, the more I'm able to be a mother to my children. Hmm. And, I, and I got that about 20 years ago and it's been the hardest thing I have had to do forever. Even until now? Oh, still now, doesn't change. It has got a little bit easier, but over the years, it has not been the easiest thing to do. Hmm. And I think that society makes it okay for kids to treat their daughters, speaking specifically about daughters and mothers, that there is this undercurrent that it's okay for daughters not to be, like, you know, on the surface, they might be nice and nice, but underneath, no, there's, there's this thing that often daughters will cut their mothers down because they want to be better or they want to show them off or they want whatever the pattern is. Kim. My mother's night going to be 92 in January. And whenever I try to engage her in any conversation that's heartfelt, she grew up with you don't do that you only make pleasantries with people even your own family so it freaks her out and she shuts down but i have to understand that's the era that she grew up in me too i can't be all lovey-dovey with my mum, but it's about me being present with her 
Don't you agree, Kim? It's like my mum is yeah. whatever she is, late eighties. It's like, yeah, it's kind of right now. I'm I'm finding it challenging because Dad has so many needs in a wheelchair with a catheter, blind. I have to be attentive to him. And she still needs attention, but she doesn't want it because he needs it. So there's a, I just need to start, you know, I can't just keep juggling it. And I'm sure you're doing a really, really, really good job, Kim, because I don't know if I could do that. Well, I still have some hair left. <laughs> yeah. I really take my hat off to you to be able to do that. Uh, getting in the ocean daily helps. Yes. And today I was blessed with dolphins about five feet from me. Beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. I know going to the ocean for me every day is just a blessing. Okay. Can we wrap this up? What is everybody taking away? Do you have a phrase? Do you have a... A, a particular topic? Do you have a word that somebody said? Do you have a feeling? What is it you're taking away from this time? Because for me, it's really important that we can take these conversations and move forward with them and, and make a difference with our lives. So we're not just sitting here listening to people babble away. It's like we're here for an intention of how can we be better today, tomorrow from this conversation? What are you taking away? I think for me, yeah, Kim just said connecting. I think my two words are definitely connecting and, and creating is, is the common theme here. And I just, yeah, creating with intention is what I'm taking away. And is there some way that you can now see that you will maybe start to experiment with how to connect better or in a different way by taking away connection? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think part of that connection is also seeing what other people's traditions are and seeing how I, you know, if that's something, if it connects, if it's something that I would like to try, how I can integrate it into my family life. Right. I'm excited. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is taking away something? And that's something. Can you see what you can do with that something? I'm seeing it's it's the connecting and calling up friends just to see how they're doing. I have some that we've started doing that actually, but following through and doing that, whether I go down the address book that I have and just call a couple people a day or what have you, I'll find out what they're doing, how they're doing, even letting them know, just know that I was thinking of them is something. And I think that's so important. Who else is taking away something that they think that they know what they might want to experiment with or that they want to do? For me, there was a lot, but the most significant one that I think I'll carry on is the relationship between my daughter and I is yeah, that I'm the mother and overall mother rather than friend. I'll keep that in mind. And also, too, just when you were talking, Di, about phoning your mum, someone else managed doubling it up and then being truly present. Yeah, I felt that. So I'm, my mum rings so often. She actually rang now while I'm with you. 
and I kind of just brushed it off and was like, sorry, mum. Um, but yeah, you definitely make it up and be more present because I'm always, she's phoning and I'm in the middle of something and I think, oh, I don't want to not answer it. Um, sometimes like now, obviously I don't because I'm in the middle of doing something, but other times I'm thinking, oh, I can get away with it. We can have a quick chat while I'm doing this. But yeah, I really need to schedule it in and just give her quality, just quality time. That's all she wants. Yeah, and I know that, like, if you learned your 20 years ago, I guess we're at a similar age. And because now with my 14-year-old son, he's doing a lot of the things that I did. And I'm like, oh, dear, this, it all works out. Look at it coming back to me. Um, so now even more so on my mind, I really want to answer the phone to my mum, be there for my mum, because now I know exactly how it feels. And, yeah, it's not nice. <laughs> Very disempowering. How yeah. can we keep ourselves empowered? Yeah. Thank you. Rosemary was saying, uh, my mom had brain, a brain aneurysm earlier this year and I've been struggling having conversations with her because I live 12 hours away by road. My takeaway is to be intentional and in connecting with her. I feel you, Rosemary. I personally think it's uh, almost for me is the same thing um, in two different relationships, right? So relationship with myself, doubling it down, which thank you again. And then relationship with the loved ones is the same, doubling it down. You know, doubling the depth, doubling the time, not being afraid of having conversations more than the superficial. So I think for me, it's going to be doubling it down both ways. Time and depth. I like that you added the depth to it. Definitely. For me, for me it's definitely the doubling the time. I mean, I've been doing it for a long time, but I think this year is even more needed. And I have a grandson. I'm about to have another one. We, we are, our family is transitioning. I definitely have to do that. I have something here. Hmm. I'd like to read out loud. Yes, please. Um, it's, um, I always, I've had this for Christmas and I always pull it out with my Christmas decorations, but I think it's kind of, really uh, pertinent to some many things we've been talking about. So this says, this Christmas um, meant a quarrel, seek out a forgotten friend, write a love letter, share some treasure, give a soft answer, encourage youth, keep up, find the time, forgive an enemy, Listen, apologize if you were wrong. Think first of someone else. Be kind and gentle. Laugh a little, laugh a little more. Express your gratitude. Gladden the heart of a child. Take pleasure in the beauty and wonder of the earth. Speak your love, speak it again. Speak it still once again. I love that. Mm. Are you able to take a picture of that and maybe post it in the Global Women's Voice Facebook group? That would be great. 
Oh, of course, yes. That's beautiful. And I'd really appreciate it if you, you know, said, you know, you've been on Global Women's Voice today, GWV, on your Facebook page, in the, in the Global Women's Voice group, and say what you get out of this, because these conversations are not normal. No. <laughs> I forget that these are not normal. This is how I live my life. If I can't have a conversation like this with people, I don't want a conversation. And so I forget. But it's time that we started to say, you need to come to these conversations. And I'm the same. I need to say, which I have done more this week, you need to come to this conversation. I specifically would love you to come to this conversation. So, you know, I know we all get busy. We get off here and we go, oh, man, God, that was fantastic. I'm, you know, we have the warm and fuzzies. But then what? <laughs> the warm and fuzzies. Yeah. The woman so I'll tell you, I almost feel like I want to listen to this again myself and take some notes. I think so. There's, there's been some beautiful gems in this, beautiful gems. But like there has been in every single one of them, they've been so different and so deep and touching on so many different issues. I don't think there's one episode, one session that we've had where I haven't walked away feeling the warm Not one. Not one. With you know, whether there's 40 people in here, whether there's three people in here, it's all the, always the same. It's quite amazing, amazing. you sing here. So thank you everybody for being here. And really thank you for the vulnerability, just the ability to be able to say, be prepared, speakers are prepared, but then to be able to bounce off each other and not have this structure and being able to be vulnerable in what we're saying so that people can then willingly take away anything like Hema always says there's no agenda here the agenda is to build trust to build a village to build who we are to have the ability to listen so it's really I think you know we all need to go sending more invitations because people don't know about this they don't know about this level of conversation and the, how we, it changes us i love the fact that we're all at different stages in our lives and we can really um still come together and then yet also then be synergistic with each other and we're from different cultures, even though we're the same. It's so different in so many levels. Different ages, different cultures, different backgrounds. Yeah. I love what Rosemary had to share about her village. So did I. And I love listening to her accent. <laughs> same. So does anybody else have anything to say? It's always a bit hard to end these but I'm also respectful of, other, of people's time. Okay. Um, our next session is, oh, actually we have Felicius. Felicius, is she still here? Yes, Felicius is going to be part of our next Global Women's Voice. And it's, and I'm, I think Regina as well. So I think it's, I want to say December 3, because I didn't, couldn't put my slides up today. I think it's December 3. 
and we're talking about how to be genuine online and offline. I think it's something like that. What a great you topic. Know, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, still with the theme of, of the invisible, of who we are, but then the overlay of online, offline, and what it takes and what's really happening out there. And Regina and I know Felicia are the very best people to be able to bring that information in. So um, tell people, tell people that this is quite an unusual conversation. So Felicius, do you have anything to say? Do you want to do you want to introduce yourself? Do you want to say anything because you are with us next time? I appreciate for extending extending this invitation uh, to attend this conversation. It's very interesting how everybody share their tradition, and and I'm actually <laughs> in the middle of moving and still kind of sort out any other places, but uh, for when i listen to all of your uh sharing it, it's kind of give me an idea for example like double the time of uh doing what you need to do for the as a tradition for your holiday that's really helped me in double my time to create more space for my uh, new home um need to get rid of a lot of things uh, just to allow myself to sing in for the holiday but um I learned a lot from having just your conversation to each other. It's how you interact and connect and collaborate, which is really tied into your um, the, the the three key elements in the conversation. And yeah, I look forward and to learn more from all of you uh, throughout the con conversation with anyone. We're excited to have you here next time and we're excited to learn from you because I've got had a little bit to do with you. And so I'm really interested and we'll have a conversation before then, but I'm really interested to hear how you juggle your online and your offline work okay. with, who, with who you are and, and to bring that authenticity to both. So I'm really excited to hear that from you. So before we go, we have two minutes. Anybody got anything else to say before we go? Well, I love you all. No? Yes. Did somebody say? Yes. Yeah. After the last time I was able to be on, the next day I got an offer to go back to school. So I'm going back to get my PhD in natural medicine. Amazing. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's amazing. That's awesome. That is awesome. And all the courses are online. Wow. wow. So you can be still present with your parents. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And Kim, I want to really say, I did, I did post a video in your Facebook message, but I really want to say thank you. What Kim did is she took the effort to send me a beautiful card, handwritten in the mail. I'm in Australia. She's in the US. To take the time to actually write a beautiful card and say thank you for inviting me onto Global Women's Voice. And I was so touched that, you know, I just did a quick little video one day while I was in the park, actually after I'd had quite a distraught morning. And I, but I really wanted her to feel that you are appreciated. And I really appreciate you, you know, like Hilda was saying, and it's been the theory or the topic of this is really, you checked in with me and you connected with me. So thank you so much for taking the effort. Thank you. Okay, everybody. 
Have a great day, great night. See you on the third or whenever it is. And um, talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye, love everybody. you all. Thank you. Yeah, love Thank you all. You. Bye. -bye.